Hello, hello, hello. It is your DIY friend, Wendy, and welcome to Fortune Cookie, a podcast hosted by me and inevitably my feelings. I'm currently sitting at home. I'm cross-legged in my office chair, which is also my sewing chair. For those that are familiar with my YouTube channel, Sitting cross-legged is something that looks really unprofessional in an office environment, but at home, it truly is my preferred way to be. I have my microphone suspended in front of me so that you can hear me, and outside the weather is really, really sunny. I think Toronto actually hit a record humidex a few days ago, so some would say it is hot. Hot, 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 hot. And lastly, to finish with this picture of my home space keeping me company at home is my husband Dan who's currently playing a video game if you hear a couple of buttons going clickety clack in the background that is him I would love to know where you're listening from your thoughts on whether or not sitting cross-legged is unprofessional whether you prefer hot or cold weather personally I'm a hot weather gal after all this is our very first episode so there are so many things to discover In this time spent with me chit-chatting in your ear, we're going to get into relationships, culture, work, things we should have learned in school. Oh, I have a lot of those. All in the upcoming episodes. So thank you for being here for number one. We are now roughly three months in lockdown here in Toronto. In the absence of as much social interaction as I'm used to, my diary is just full of introspection, dealing with my emotions, or expressing that I'm so tired of dealing with my emotions and wish I was a more emotionally steady person, even though I'm really unsure what that even means. The main highlight these days really is like seeing a sunbeam land blindingly in our home which probably explains why I wander a little bit more aimlessly whenever it's cloudy, but I know this time thinking and feeling has been good for me. Free of the usual busyness and distractions that make it harder to pay attention to things like what makes you happy, or do you know how to rest efficiently, or what do you really want out of life? You know, just easy questions. I used to think rest was a break to scroll Instagram, or play a game on my phone, but I've rediscovered how refreshing it is to just read a book, stroll outside, or even set a time limit and clean the kitchen undisturbed. All of those things I find rejuvenating do take a bit more energy than whipping out the phone, but it's a worthwhile investment when I persuade myself to do it. If you are struggling in this, see if you can at least place your phone face down or in do not disturb for an hour or two, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised how much more concentrated and free your mind is of clutter when the phone is just out of sight, out of mind. In regards to reading books, the books that I've been reading are Mastery by Robert Greene and Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. Mastery, like it's good, but it has a bit of a Machiavellian approach to success. So I I take what I can from it. It has a bit of that tone where it's like success at any cost is good as long as it's success. But personally, I'm just much more of a people person. I really like to treat people well along the way if I can. And then Adorning the Dark is totally different. It talks about being a creative with a God-fueled purpose. For those of you that are Christian or know that I'm Christian, I think it'll make sense to you why reading a book like this has been so helpful for me because I don't just see making, DIYing, putting out YouTube videos as something that's purely self-expression, but I also see it as like, how am I doing this to honor God or like give my best to God? 
whatever the book, I also enjoy reading them cross-legged. And I have a reminder in my journal to get into some new books that have been getting a lot of attention lately, particularly due to Black Lives Matter being such a huge topic right now. Not that it should ever go away, it just happens to be so heavily discussed at this time. So I'll update you once I'm on my way in those. And please feel free to DM me about this and keep me accountable to read them because book reading is definitely not my forte, but I'm trying so hard to make a regular commitment and get through some books. And now I'm just going to migrate a little bit closer to the window because I wanted to read a really nice little letter. Today's letter comes from Diego in the form of an Instagram DM. Diego is a fellow YouTube subscriber. We used to send a few messages on Snapchat, but a few weeks ago he sent me this DM on Instagram and I screenshot it right away because it, it meant so much to me and it says so much to me as an encouragement about believing in yourself or even if you don't believe in yourself right now, knowing that I believe in you. So here we go. Hey Wendy, you probably don't remember me, we used to talk on Snapchat back in the day, and I was, let's say, little, but now I'm going to university, and I would like to thank you. Thank you for teaching me how to sew, since none of my relatives knew, you were the first person I went to, I was there since blue hair Wendy, in parentheses, those times. <laughs> I even saved up to buy the gold pin cushion that you have, still have it, and get tons of compliments. Me too, Diego back to his letter. But you taught me to sew and thanks to that I will now be attending one of the best fashion schools in Paris, France and I'm super excited. So I wanted to tell you since your videos will truly have a special place in my heart and another thank you for showing me I can do it. Here are some pics of my portfolio. If you'd like to see Diego's pics that got him into his dream school, I'm letting you know that we are starting something new. If like Diego, you've ever felt inspired or encouraged by my sewing journey and you want to support my channel, get to know me better, there is a secret page on my website just for you with monthly behind the scenes, the full version of this podcast. Yes, this podcast is just a mini podcast. It's a place to ask me anything and there's more on the way. We are calling anyone who has access to this page a darling, just like Peter Pan and Wendy Darling. And to become a darling, it's just $5 a month, which we use to invest in bigger and better DIY projects. For everyone who already supports me on Patreon, this is similar, but just so much more personal for me it's so much easier for you to enjoy because you don't need this fancy username and password every time you just need a secret password so we're eventually closing the patreon migrating it all over to this darlings page and going back to diego this month the darlings can see photos from his portfolio on my website so if you want to become a darling i'll put a link in the description I've been wanting to share some stories from my past that were really, really key life lesson moments for me. Things that I totally wish I had somehow been able to learn in school or have a mentor tell me instead of having to learn things the hard way via experience. And so I hope you'll enjoy diving into these stories with me. And if any part of it resonates with you, I'd love to hear about it. I'll give you the details at the end of this episode if you want to get in touch. But today's story, I guess we'll call them fortune cookie stories, is 
A good friendship takes hard work. There are a lot of stories that come to mind related to this life lesson, but there's two that really come to mind that show who I was before I really took this seriously and who I am now. Definitely not a perfect friend, but someone who takes so much more seriously the hard work it takes for a friendship to be a good, good, rich friendship. I don't know how many of you are like this, but for me, through junior high and high school, there was a group of girls who we really considered ourselves like our own little club, club? We I think we honestly called ourselves posse. We really just treated ourselves as a unit. This was the group of people you would do projects with, you would have lunch with, you would see outside of school. Some people within this group didn't go to the exact same schools along the road, and especially by the time we got to university, we really broke off into our different areas of study. But there was one girl in this group who I'd been basically friends with for six years and we were about to go to the same university. So obviously had to be roommates and just set that whole thing up and be a unit together out there at our new university on campus. And what I was referring to when I said, I don't know how many of you relate to this is this type of friendship where you're in proximity, you're in the same place at the same time. You obviously like each other, but looking back, I know I had no concept of putting in the work to truly get to know a person, to be a friend that keeps someone accountable, that loves someone unconditionally, that is willing to work through difficult conversations to build the friendship to be stronger instead of like being petty or avoiding confrontation or simply just treating a friendship like it's on cruise control. I went through a whole year of university with this one friend as my roommate. We did so many things together. Sometimes we would really get on each other's nerves as roommates do, but I often regret that I lacked the maturity to have a conversation about it. We would just kind of avoid it or even worse, complain about it to someone else. And all of that behavior is now the things that I call out aggressively in myself. I don't let myself talk trash about anybody behind their back. And I don't let myself avoid a tricky conversation if I know I really do value that person as a friend. When it got close to the end of our year living together, I had decided that I wanted to stay living in the residence for one more year, which was kind of a volunteer position that would let you be like a big brother, big sister type of role to the new first year students. I was just passionate about that. But she, I think, had been hoping that she could depend on me to be a roommate for wherever we would find some place to rent off campus. And I remember when we had this conversation and we realized that I was not planning to be her roommate going into the next year, I felt so strongly that she was disappointed, upset at me. And I remember being so confused about that because to me, I was just like, can't you tell that I love living in this res? I love the idea of taking care of first years and helping them not feel like university is so big and intimidating. The whole conversation didn't go well at all. And then as we headed into second year, I would make a couple of attempts every once in a while to stay in touch or go visit her. But every time we were together, the conversation just wasn't flowing. It, I don't know. And I know other people have kind of this person in their life who at one point you were friends, you shared life together, you, you know, you were roommates or you went to the same school or whatnot and things drifted apart and you just don't know how or, or why or like you wish you at the time had thought more clearly through like what was happening and and how it was changing 
And to be totally clear, this has happened so long ago. Obviously, I have no ill feelings towards this person, but the reality is I don't think I've gotten to talk to her maybe in a year. And, it, and sometimes it does feel weird that there was a person who's a friend, but eventually, at some point, things drifted apart. That's the first half of this fortune cookie story, where a good friendship takes hard work. And I think this was the friendship that has lingered in my mind. When I look back on it, I feel like it continues to inform me and teach me that without effort, it's very easy, surprisingly easy, for two people to drift apart to gloss over small disagreements, casually direct your frustration about it towards someone else instead of actually having a conversation. And because this lost friendship lingers in my mind, it continues to remind me that I really would prefer to avoid that happening in the future. And that's where a lot of that learning started to kick in about what makes a good friendship. Fast forward three, four, four years later. I was renting a very temporary place in downtown Toronto as part of me living here for the summer to try to look for a, a full-time job. Amazingly, I managed to find a full-time job. There's a whole bunch of stories in there that are and just we'll save that for another time. And because I found a full-time job, I put plans in motion to end my temporary rental situation and find a more permanent, at least a year-long roommate and a place to live. At that time, my schedule was really out of sync with any friends I had in the city. There was no one I knew of who was looking for a roommate at the time, but as I talked about this whole thing with my friends, I think within 24 hours, three different friends were all like, hey, I actually do know someone who's planning to move to Toronto to start law school and she's going to be looking for a roommate. I can put you in touch. By the third time this exact same person's name was mentioned, I was like, is this a sign? And so I just sent her a Facebook message out of the blue, just saying, hey, like, you don't know me, but we have these people as mutual friends. And they mentioned that you are potentially looking for a roommate as you move to Toronto. And she was really nice. She agreed to meet up so we could get to know each other. And then that same day, since that meetup went well, we ended up looking around for different condos. I think maybe within a week, we found a place to live together. The rent was a great price, so we wanted to lock it in by signing for two years instead of just one. All the time looking back, I'm like, wow, that was gutsy, just deciding to live for two years with a friend who I only knew through mutual friends and had met and had like conversations with once before we started looking for a condo and just got settled in. This is the friend where so much of those hard-learned friendship experiences really started to pay off. Instead of being in cruise control, instead of ignoring problems, instead of talking about your problems with someone else other than the person that you're having the problems with, this was the friendship where I took so much more initiative to bring things up, so much more initiative to show her I truly cared about her and that if I brought things up, it was only because I wanted our life together to be better and not because I needed to, I don't know, exert my territory or feel like I was in control. And amazingly, this is the friend who, four years later, we were each other's maid of honors for both of our weddings, and to this day, she's still my best friend. I guess I say all this because I've come to believe a good friendship really is so rewarding. Someone who keeps you accountable, who cheers you on, who sees the good and potential in you, especially when you're full of self-doubt or just not really feeling yourself. And so I believe that hard work 
that goes into a good friendship really is worthwhile. And if I can encourage any of you to put in that hard work with someone that you love and care about, then do it. It's so good. I'm very much a conflict-averse person. I hate confronting people about things. But in the case of friendship, being conflict-averse is no excuse. If anything, I've seen it sabotage me from great friendships. If, like me, you have a friend who comes to mind as someone who you were once close with, but you drifted apart, there's definitely some nuggets of learning waiting in there. If you have it in you, maybe even consider trying to reconcile and get back in touch. But it's also okay to let certain things just live in the past, learn from them, and move on from there as best you can. If any of those types of relationships or stories come to mind, I'm obviously no relationship expert, but I'd love to hear them and encourage you through them. You can send us an email, podcast at IamWithWendy.com. I really look forward to seeing what you guys have to say. Now, if you'd like to hear more, the full version of this episode is now available on my website for all the darlings. As per the title of this episode, I'll be sharing some stories from university and and a few life lessons that came with them. But if you're just tuning in for these mini episodes, thank you so much for listening and hanging out. We will be back in a month with our next episode where I have a chat with the woman who got me started on sewing, my mama. Talk to you all next time. And until then, take care. Bye-bye.